So good morning. This is going to be interesting. Yeah? <laughs> Thanks, Walt. Appreciate that. Um, I have a couple things on my heart. Um, the last couple months, Pat's been really speaking about and teaching about how important it is to be in the Word, to know the Word, to be in the Word every single day. And that it's our lifeline. It's our heart connection to the Father. It's that intimacy with Him that sustains us. And the way we get to know him is through reading the word. Time in prayer and time in worship. It is the only thing and the only way that we can stay connected. Um, He shared a little bit about bits and pieces about what we've been through in the last 12, 18, I don't even know, 18 months. For me, I think about 2007 when we went to Africa is really when I think it all began, at least in me, when I start to piece piece things back. But before I go there, um, I want to share something I really feel like the Holy Spirit is, um, is speaking to this congregation. And I'm going to start in 1 Samuel 15, 22. There you go. Samuel said, and Samuel is a prophet to Saul at this time, and he said, has the, Lord, has the Lord as much delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? This is the part I want you to see. Behold, to be, obey is better than sacrifice. We go on to Jeremiah 7, 23 and 24. And Jeremiah, the Lord is speaking through him, and this is what the Lord says. But this is what I commanded them, saying, Obey my voice. Say that. Obey my voice. And I will be your God, and you will be my people. And you will walk in all the way which I command you, that it may be well with you. Say, that it may be well with me. Yet, they did not obey or incline their ear, but walked in their own counsel and in the stubbornness of their evil heart, and they went backward and not forward. Last week, um, Pat talked about two key things. He talked about identity and wounded heart issues. And he said to correct these things requires ministry from both the Holy Spirit and the body. He also mentioned the power in the spoken word. The power to curse and the power to give life.
Pastor Pat also said that God uses pain. And I'm quoting him. This is from his message last week. He said, if I were to put my hand on a hot stove, I'd pull it back because naturally my physical body understands the language of pain to protect me. God also uses the languages, the language of pain as well to speak to us when things are not right inside. If there's an emotional pain that you're feeling, it's just like the burn on your finger if you touch the hot stove. It's trying to indicate to you that there's something touching you that hurts. And God wants to deal with that. That's end quote. It's from Pat's teaching. He's been preaching and teaching for months how important that reading and knowing and walking out every word of God, say every word of God, how important that is for each believer individually. Um, So today, I'm here to testify about how true that really is. I'm going to share you a little bit of my journey the past 15 months or so. Um, And you're going to find out Um, just how true the statement that he said about we learn about the foundation of our house when the storm comes. We learn about how solid our foundation really is when we're tested. I'm not going to share all of it, but I'll share some key pieces. Um, I think key pieces, and I hope that whoever this is for here today, that you grab on to the testimony and the freedom that I'm walking in now will also be yours. That song, song that we sang, I think it was the second song, Love Came Down and Rescued Me. Guess what? He did it for you too. Um, it really began, I think, um, I don't know how far to go back, and so on, for the sake of time, um, you all know that we've adopted a little girl. She was orphaned twice. We brought her into our home, and, um, And we had our first grandbaby the same year, which, you know, it's a double blessing. But from that point forward, there was this journey that um, God was taking me on. And for the life of me, I would have blamed it all on the the enemy. Um, But when God puts his finger on a spot in your life and he says, let's work on this. A lot of times you're going to blame it on the enemy. And it's not the enemy at all. It's God saying, no, honey, this part in you is broken. It's not working. And let's, I want to help you fix it. But I need you to partner with me. 
So the part inside of me, I didn't know what was going on because I was having all this stuff going on within, with inside of me. I couldn't understand why I was angry, why I was, um, you know, watching Pat just lavish love on, on Annika. And, and, and I loved her. I love her too. But there were some mixed emotions, m- mixed messages, mixed, something mixed up inside going on inside of me. And I didn't know what it was. And obviously, he didn't know what it was. So it created this, um, just this strife between us, this coming, you know, bit, um, what's it called? Hitting heads or whatever, you know? Um, and I didn't know what it was. So I'd pray, and I'd repent for being angry, or I'd repent for whatever else that, at the moment, I needed to repent of. It seemed like I did a lot of repenting. Um, and Pat would be, of course, he would get angry, you know. I think we fought more in the last 15 months than we have in 32 years. But here's the thing. Most people would look at that as a bad thing. But when in fact it wasn't at all. It was there was something really good happening. But in the midst of the storm you can't see the good. Right? And had I not been anchored in this word, had I not been anchored in who I was, even though at times I felt like I lost that, my identity. Had I not been anchored in this, I don't know where I'd be today. I'm going to stop here for a moment. Because being anchored in this word I don't even want to think about what would have happened if I wasn't if I was not a believer and was going through what I was, what we were going through I think we can all think about you know what the result would be because there would have been been nothing holding me there, right? I want to read from Isaiah verse 12. And Chris, I don't don't think you have this one, but I'm just going to read it to you and then I'm going to come back and just uh, tie in everything. Isaiah chapter 1 verse 12 says, When you come to appear before me, who requires of you this trampling of my courts you bring worthless offerings no longer incense is an abomination to me new moon and sabbath and calling of assemblies I cannot endure iniquity in the solemn assembly I hate your new moon festivals and your appointed feast they have become a burden to me this is the Lord speaking I'm weary of bearing them So when you spread out your hands in prayer, I will hide my eyes from you. Yes, even though 
you multiply your prayers, I won't listen. Your hands are covered with blood. Go wash yourselves and make yourselves clean. Remove the evil of your deeds from my sight. Cease to do evil. Learn to do good. Seek justice. Reprove the the ruthless. Defend the orphan. Plead for the widow. Come now, the Lord says, and let us reason together. If you consent and obey, you will eat the best of the land. This is a call for what what exactly Pat has been preaching for the last months. We can gather here in a solemn assembly. We can sing our praise songs. We can have this nice time together. But the Lord says, they've become a burden to me and I'm weary of bearing them. He's talking about our hearts. He's saying, get your heart right. Because I don't hear what you're saying. Get your life in line. Before you come to me in prayer. Because I can't hear you. So every day I'd be in the word. God, what is, what, what's going on? I need your help. Why am I feeling this way? This should be the happiest time of my life. We have this beautiful daughter that you've placed in our care. But see, it wasn't all about her. God loved me as much as her. He cared about my heart as much as her heart. And he said, oh, honey, let me show you. And in an instant, I was nine years old. I was ten years old. And I saw my little girl heart longing for what my little girl was receiving from her daddy. That my little nine and ten year old heart did not receive. And not because he didn't desire to do so. My dad's an amazing man now. And he was back then. But you can't give what you've never received. So that was an aha moment for me that I would not have had had I not been in the Word. If I wouldn't have pushed through my anger, my bitterness, my judgment, my so much yuck, But only I knew, because I didn't share it. I wasn't ready. So I contend, I continued to defend myself with him, because I didn't want to admit that I had something wrong with me. So... And all the time I'm going through this, I'm still in the word, I'm still praying, I'm still... And it wasn't every single day, I mean, not every day was, you know, horrible, but I knew that there was something going on and I didn't know what it was until the Lord showed that to me. 
And that was a key. Now what am I going to do with that? Second Timothy 1.7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of timidity or fear, but of power and love and discipline or a sound mind. So in... As God is revealing... I just went dead. As God was revealing things to me... Um, I was seeking his wisdom, asking his advice. What should I do? What should I do, Lord? So I went to somebody. I went to uh, Patty Bouchard. And I said, Patty, this is what's going on. And we prayed through stuff, which was great. Because um, in the ministry, not only do you have your own stuff, but you have everybody else's stuff. So she helped me weed through all of that. And there's a lot of stuff. She helped me weed through that, which was great. But I never told Pat. Because to me, he was not safe. Because I couldn't, in my mind, if I share something with him, he would just say, you need to fix that. You need to get over that. You need to, you need to, you need to, you need to. I was so tired of hearing what I needed to do. And it wasn't just from him, it was from other people. I needed to be a good leader. I needed to, women wanted somebody to follow. I mean, there were so many things that people were saying, not realizing, but they were pushing me further down, pushing me further down, pushing me further down. And if you could hear my thoughts during that time, they were not godly thoughts. And they weren't thoughts, they weren't my thoughts either. So we had an evening where we were just about ready to have a discussion. And I turned and I looked at him and I said, do you want to know what I told Patty, what I shared with Patty? And he's like, yeah. Because, you know, I didn't ask because I didn't think you wanted to share it with me. See, and in my mind, he didn't ask because he didn't care. Who's in my head, Right? And so I told him. And when I told him, I said, when I see you with her, there's something in me that is mourning. And I don't know what to do with this. But there's something in me that longs to have what she has with you. I long for that too. You should have seen his face. See, it was scary for me to share that because this whole time what I was feeling was rejected, which is also what the nine-year-old in me or the four-year-old or the two-year-old or whatever age you want to call it felt. So there went the wall. Started way back then. But I knew that I would stay in that place 
unless I told him. And as I spoke those words to him, it was as if I could see physically the words written out, letter by letter, coming out of my mouth from the depths of my soul that had been hidden for so long that as they came out of my mouth, immediately God was right there healing. And the healing began simultaneously. Simultaneously. His reaction to what I said was compassion. And all of a sudden, understanding of what had been going on. During this process, I wasn't mad at my parents. What God showed me was I needed to go to them. But not go and say, you didn't give me what I needed as a child. Not to put that in their face or even put that on them. That was the last thing I wanted to do ever. Because my parents are different people now. And they, you can only give what you have received. You know? So I went to them because when Pat and I got married, I was nine months pregnant, pretty much. And being the only daughter, I have two brothers, I'm a middle child. God showed me that I needed to go to them and apologize because I had never apologized to them for disappointing them and hurting them. When you're an only girl, I know they look forward to your wedding and you know this big thing and a little different when you're nine months pregnant. Got a great treasure though from that. Um, so I, I, I knew that part of another part of my healing was going to be to go to my parents. I didn't know how, what it was going to look like or what it was going to ha- how it was going to play out, but I told Pat and we made a date to go out to my parents and we're praying the whole way there. And Pat puts his hand on my leg and he says, I almost want to stop the car and just go home because I just feel so protective over you. He's been an awesome husband for 32 years. But I think that was the first time in my life I really felt protected. So we go to my parents, and we had Annika with us, and um, we had had this plan, okay, you're gonna, you know, we're going to just visit for a little bit, and then you're going to take her outside and go play, and then I'm just going to have this conversation with my parents. So that's pretty much what happened. Pat took her outside, and my mom and dad were sitting in their chairs, and, and I just looked at him and I said, um, Mom, Dad, I just um, I need to talk to you for a minute. I said, um, 32 years ago when... Um, I came to you and told you that I was pregnant. Actually, I think maybe they might might have told me I was pregnant. I don't know. But anyway, um, I said, I never apologized to you. I never said that I was sorry for disappointing you and hurting you. Um, And I want to do that today because now that I have a daughter, I don't want any any generational yuck being passed down to her, and I need to ask for your forgiveness. Will you forgive me? 
Of course, their faces were like shocked because they had no clue that, you know, I was going to have this conversation. But my mom was up out of her chair and standing in front of me, like, almost like as I was saying it. My mom's just got this great big mercy heart. She's wonderful. And, um, which was great. And, you know, I stood up and hugged her. But my dad stood up. And see, this is how cool God is. Because God knew exactly what I needed. My dad stood up. And he walked over to me. My dad's like six foot. He's a big man. And uh, he just wrapped his arms around me. And he said... We forgive you. We forgave you a long time ago. We just wanted to help you. That's not what I remembered, you know. But he's holding me. And as he's holding me, you know, I'm I'm just like engulfed in him. And my head's laying on his chest, you know, where his heart is. And, and you know, you can feel when somebody's going to let go. And, you know, he's going to let go. And he realized that I was just holding him. And all of this... as Pat has said, more than one years. Um, All of this, I just started crying. Because in that embrace, and my dad kept saying, I love you. I love you. I love you. It was exactly what I needed. The little, little girl in me at that moment from my earthly father, received what she needed. Right? And I didn't even have to ask for it. Because God had me covered. He knew what I needed. And so, my dad held me, and I cried, and I just said, I I just wanted you, I just wanted you to accept me and approve of me and to love me. And he, I do, you know. I, he, he was just said all the right things. So we held each other for a really long time, and then finally, you know, you can feel it lift. And it's so cool because God had prepared the way. Before I even got there, he knew. And out of my obedience, he, to obey is better than sacrifice. Out of my obedience, to go and revisit a place that for 30 two years had been dormant had also affected my relationship with my parents in that time because I didn't feel I felt angry with them I didn't really have much of a relationship with them because I I think there was shame there that I didn't realize that was there and it kept me away and it kept my relationship not being fully connected and so when he we stood up and, you know, the embrace was over. He sat in his chair and I went and got on my knees before him and I said, now, Dad, I need a father's blessing. I need your blessing on my life and on my marriage. I need what I didn't get. And God knew. I mean, I have never heard my dad pray. He grabbed my hand and he prayed the most beautiful prayer over my life, over my husband's life, over my family, 
And then I went for further healing, drove four hours by myself to a place in Petoskey that does what we call, what's called sozo, which is healing, being healed, saved, and delivered. Wonderful Holy Spirit ministry. And the rest just kind of got taken care of. (laughs) Sure. It's so important, though. I would not have... I can't even imagine being an unbeliever and going through what I went through. What's continuously being healed, because there's just layers that come off, right? But my relationship with my parents is better now since that was the end of November, I think. In 32 years, I think I've spent more time on the phone with them and with them. I mean with them. I'm connected. My heart is connected to them now. And theirs to me. And I know that what I did with them going to them and asking for forgiveness opens the door for my brothers to do the same, for healing to take place between my parents and my brothers. I mean, they, they have a relationship, but it's not... There's, there's some healing that needs to play, take place there. I cannot imagine, I cannot imagine going through any of this by myself without God in my life. Honestly, I don't even want to think about it, so I'm not even going to go there. But when God says... I'll hide my eyes from you. Even though you multiply your prayers, I'm not going to hear them. If I had been afraid to embrace what he was showing me, if I had been afraid to confess it to my husband and then to the ladies' group and then to somebody else, Every time I speak it, every time I talk about it, there's another layer of healing that comes. So you can better believe that I'm going to be talking about it. But if I didn't obey, I'd still be in that muck. I'd still be in that dark place. You guys know the freedom that comes with obey to obey. So how did I know that I was in like a danger zone? Let me just say this. You know if you're in in the danger zone, and Pat used this scripture last week, Galatians 5.19 Now the deeds of the flesh are evident, which are immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmities, strife, 
Strife, had it. Jealousy, mm-hmm. Outburst of angers, yep. Dispute, oh yeah. Dissensions of factions, envying, drunkenness, carousing. And then he says, things like these. So add on what you need to add on. You know you're in the danger zone when you're walking in. Not all of these. One of these. One of these. And that's a time to say, God, what's hurting inside of me that's making me angry, bitter? Because it's not about the person that I'm fighting with right now. It's about what's going on in me. What's hurting? I'm not afraid. That was my song. I'm not afraid. Kim Walker, baby, singing it. That was me. I'm singing right with her. I'm not afraid because for so long I was afraid. I was afraid of what I was going to see in the mirror when I looked. And guess what? When I looked in the mirror, I saw someone who was chosen, who was holy, and who was beloved. But the enemy didn't want me to see that person. Because I would sometimes listen to those lies. But now when I look in the mirror, I am chosen, I am holy, and I am beloved. And so are you. Fear is an ugly thing, and fear is not of God. He didn't give us that that spirit. Somebody else did. I could have blamed all of this on on the enemy. None of it was the enemy. The only part that was, was when I came into agreement with the thoughts. But God had put his finger on a place in my life that he wanted to work on. And no matter what it looked like to you guys, because my family didn't understand, they thought that I was just, you know, this wigging out, wild woman, being mean to a 10-year-old, which wasn't it at all. See, God doesn't look at the outside. He looks at the heart. And that's what he's doing. And so that's what I want you to do. He's shaking us up because there's cracks in the foundation. He's shaking you, shaking you. But it's good. It's good if you embrace it. It's bad if you don't because you're going to stay right where you're at if you don't embrace it. And you're going to stay in that dark. And it is an evil place. But to obey is better than sacrifice. Okay? To obey is better. In God's eyes. Don't make your sacrifices. Don't come here and just give me lip service and throw your money in the bucket and, and clap your hands and amen the message and then go off and live your life and then come back on Sunday. He's like, don't give me that. You make one sacrifice a week? I don't want that. Obey me. Because he knows what's good for us. He knows what's good for me. And I, guarantee, I tell you right now, I walk in a higher level of the fear of the Lord 
because I understand that the words in this book and it's got lots of things in it right now are for my good they're not in here to destroy me to hurt or harm me they're in here to transform me and to change me into who he created me to be and it's the same for you I'm going to wrap it up. I know. The biggest key to all of this, in addition to being in the Word, my freedom, my healing would not have taken place had I not confessed my sin out loud to somebody I trusted. She happened to be my husband. And really, even that was a scary place for me. Because I had been in this for so long, going through the battle, that even that was scary for me. But I knew I was anchored in the one that did love me. So I took a chance, because even if he rejected me and didn't understand, I knew he did. So I took the chance. And I know that he's a godly man. There's power in the confession. Even the things that are hidden, that you think are hidden, because he sees everything. But even the things that you think you're hiding or that you're containing and you can handle it on your own, Guess what? You can't. You can't. The power in the confession. God says, if you do these things, if you do, gives you the choice. He knows what's best. In Deuteronomy 30, 15 through 18, he said, I have set before you today life and prosperity, death and adversity. In that, I command you today to love the Lord your God to walk in his way, say his ways, to keep his commandments and his statutes and his judgments that you may live and multiply and that the Lord your God may bless you in the land that you are entering to possess it. What land do you want to possess? But if your heart turns away And you will not obey, but are drawn away and worship other gods and serve them. I declare to you today, you shall perish. There's a scripture in Jeremiah 
that I'm going to end with this because being in children's church, I know what he's preaching every week. I don't get to hear it until after it's already done. This is for you guys. The Lord has come to me and I have spoken to you again and again. But you have not listened. It's not for everybody. But I want you to hear what I'm saying here, okay? Hear what the Lord is saying. I have spoken to you again and again, and you have not listened. And the Lord has sent you, all his servants, the Lord has sent you, servants, Pat. He sent me, Chris, whoever is up here speaking. He has sent his servants to you. Again and again, but you have not listened. Nor inclined your ear to hear, saying, Turn now, everyone, from his evil way. And from the evil of your deeds, and dwell in the land which the Lord has given to you and your forefathers forever and ever. And do not go after other gods and serve them. Ask yourself, what are the little little G gods in my life? What are they? What do you set this down to go do instead? It's something. We all do it. To serve, to go after other gods, to serve them, to worship them. And do not provoke me to anger with the works of your hand, and I will do you no harm. Yet you have not listened to me, declares the Lord, in order that you might provoke me to anger with the work of your hand. To do to your own harm. It's for our own good. He's saying, wake up. Pat's been saying it for months. I'm saying it here today. I would not be in the place that I am now had I not been anchored in the word. If you're not anchored in the word, when the test comes, when the storm comes, you're going to blame it on everybody and everything except You're the one that you should be looking at, should be blaming it on. Many of the things that we go through, we're so quick go through. We're so quick to blame it on the enemy. Oh, the enemy's really beating me up. My question to you is going to be: Have you been in the Word? I don't have any answers for you. He's got them all. You come to me for ministry. I'm going to say, "What's the Lord saying to you?" I don't know. What do you mean? There's a whole book full of what he's saying to you. Right? It's for our good, not to harm or hurt us, but to prosper us. Not with money. Who needs money? To prosper our souls, our hearts, the things that really matter. So what do you have to confess today? Daniel, if you could come up. I want everybody to stand, if Daniel's even in here. <laughs> if not, put um, 
Oh, okay. God loves you. Yes. He does. He loves me. And I'm an amazing woman of God because he says so. Because he says so. I'm not defined about the trials and the tribulations that I have gone through, will go through. I'm defined by who he says I am. And you know what? I can say that with a clear conscience because I'm obedient. If I could say one thing, if you guys can take away anything from this message today, it's walk in obedience. And if you're not, whatever you're compromising your time, if you're not spending time with the Lord, whatever the compromise is, set it aside because it's, it's meaningless. You're going to have to, you're going to be afraid sometimes, but do, walk it out being scared, walk it out being afraid, because you know what, you're not alone, you never will be alone, you never were alone, because that's his promise, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. But his word is firm. I desire obedience over sacrifice. Don't come to me with your prayers because I won't hear you. Get yourself right with me. And then we can talk. Then you can incline your ear. I'll incline my ear so I can hear. Because what you have to say is important to me. See, the only thing that can separate us from God is us. So this morning, if you close your eyes, I want you to ask the Lord, what do I need to confess? Is there anything, any bitterness, any jealousies, any rage, any sarcasm that I've spoken to somebody thinking it's funny not understanding maybe the person receiving was really hurt by it what's the compromise anything you need to confess I want you to come down to the flat place in the front here. And I guarantee you, if you have the courage, because it takes courage to come forward and confess your sin, some versions say confess your faults. 
the moment you release it, God's going to be right there. Simultaneously healing and loving you, encouraging you.